on this episode of Why Watch That. You know the musical ragtime. It ain't good. What did you say? (laughs) You are full of just musical. (laughs) Someone should arrest that woman. Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, that's your last <laughs> musical <laughs> reference for tonight. <laughs> or do you want or oh, struggling together, you know, hold me in the in the cold and let me flash back to, you know, yes, my former ex- life. Exactly. I was Joan of Arc in a former life. Now, oh my gosh. That was not a musical reference. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> We also have, you said, Charles Dance. Now, of course, Game of Thrones, but don't you remember Sardom Numpspa? <laughs> I, 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 I want the knife. Please, come on, y'all. Why Watch That as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head-to-head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why I Watch That. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone, look. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. A why watch that first look? Well, 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 this... This particular episode is a lot of sneaking and looking. Sneaking and looking. We looking and we sneaking. Oh, so the left is looking and the sneaking is the right. Yeah, or sometimes you sneak to the to the left and you 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 look to the right, you sneak to the right, you look to the left, you just sneak it around. So we're doing that. We're sneaking around here. The shoulder, just, everybody. You just like if you can see the right that shoulders coming out. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We just gonna talk a little bit about what we sneaking and doing. Um, and by we, I mean the critic. You know, the critic. You gotta watch the critic because he be sneaking and looking at stuff. So you know, we we're gonna I'm like Brad Cranston in that gonna... last episode. Okay, <laughs> in the back, you gotta look just at the, in back the background, the doing all kinds of sneaking. <laughs> well. You know, there's some things we got a chance to to sneak and 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 talk about, and so we'll wet your whistle. Um, but there's some things we're just now taking a look at, and one of those things being Kimmy, mm. uh, the latest from Steven Soderbergh, who is just pumping out content. I yes. mean, the man does he sleep? Is the question. <laughs> just trying to figure out, do you sleep, Mr. Soderbergh? Um, and you know, thank you for it. 
this is a new show, or excuse me, a new film. New because it's so weird. We we don't talk about movies as much as we do TV yeah. as of late. But um, it's a new uh, film on HBO Max. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like that this is one of those things that belongs on HBO Max. You know, it's it's no for real, not in yeah. a bad way, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's very very um, peculiar, shall we say? And again, I said it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. He didn't write it, so a lot of times he'll just do it all. Yes, but he directed it, so there's going to be a definite take. There's going to be, it's going to be filmed in a certain way. You're going to sniff out the seventies. I feel like in every movie, the seventies aesthetically is going to come out somehow, but this is written by, um, David Coop and it stars Zoe Kravitz. Now she's popping up all over the place, particularly in the Warner brothers, you, you know, studio, Mm -hmm. Uh, Erica Christensen, um, along with Rita Wilson. Yes. We just love her. Who I also love just showed she up acts. in 1883. She did. Yeah, yeah. And other people that you're going to talk about, um, lots of people. Now, if you look at the poster of this, it almost, if you're glancing, if you're glancing at it, it looks anime. It almost looks mm-hmm. like, okay, what's mm-hmm. going on here? Is this a comic book? Is this... Yeah. Is this anime? Is right. this what is this? Is this futuristic? And then you look again, you go, whoa, whoa, that's Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> so what's going on here? This is um, again HBO Max and New Line Cinema. So we know that there's going to be a little bit of edge with New Line. Um, what is happening here? Yeah, and that's a good word. Edge, cool. I'll come back to that now. Kimmy is like Alexa. And they're in Seattle. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So what happens is Kimmy is this virtual assistant that people have in their homes. But the difference is if you have Kimmy, there is a human who is dedicated to improving Kimmy's experience with you. So they have access to certain recordings in order to improve Kimmy's responsiveness. Are you willing to give away that much of your privacy? Mm-hmm. Yes, people are doing it all the time. I don't even know why they, don't even act like you're not. Y'all doing it already now. Y'all. <laughs> y'all, that's right, y'all, not me, you, okay? Now, Angela, played by Zoe, is one of the people who, you know, goes in and improves Kimmy for certain people. Now, they don't know who you are when they get this data, you know, that kind of stuff. Is there a way to find out? Of course. Now, what has happened is the pandemic. Yes, it has happened. And Angela is agoraphobic. Because of what happened to her, is it pandemic? Is it more? She has not been outside in I don't know how long. Now, if you have the apartment she has, you might be okay staying inside. I was oh, just like, okay, well. I mean, if you live there, you might be okay. And because of the pandemic, when no one went out, she developed certain relationships with her neighbors just by looking out of the window, looking across the way. And there is a particular man across the way that 
they have this interesting flirtation going on, but she can't go outside. Mm. One time she tells him, I'm going to meet you out at the, you know, little food truck down there. What comes of that? What's the process? Also, her, her mama is played by someone very interesting. I'm not going to give it away. Yes. Robin Gibbons. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Okay. What does mama think about Angela and going out? Now, there is also someone else watching Angela. Who is this person? Now, what happens is Angela gets this bit of audio. She thinks she hears something. Someone in distress. Is she hearing things? Is it there or not? And if you hear a potential crime happening, how do you report it? Should you report it? Do the people who have created Kimmy, do they want to know? Because at the very beginning, we see the person who is essentially the CEO. He's about to get a lot of money from Kimmy. So it's not, it hasn't gone public yet. It's about to happen. It's millions upon millions of dollars at stake. So if something like this gets out, will that damage the whole deal? So the issue is going to be for Angela. If she's serious about helping this person who seems to be in serious distress, Will she be taken seriously by the bosses that have created Kimmy? Will she be able to go outside? Because that might be required. And if she does, or if she doesn't, are there people coming for her to stop her? Will anybody be able to help? And where in the world is all of this going? Now, we said edge. That's what you used ref for new line i said coolness that's this film's strength its strength is not getting you to care because it's not focused on developing the characters enough for all that really it's a puzzle with some pieces that work and when they work it's like inviting yet outlandish and unforced in a Soderbergh sort of way Mm -hmm. and other pieces they just were disappointingly obvious for me or just a bit awkward Now, much of the writing, it fits Soderbergh to a T. You've got his musical choices, the camera work. So even when you're in just the apartment, it's moving, you know, like Soderbergh knows what he's doing. But some of the writing lets him and the cast down. Even still, if we're thinking of this kind of thing, you know, where you use the pandemic, how do we respond to that? This is probably one of the smartest ways that the movie has responded to the pandemic because it... You, they used the pandemic in a way that made sense for the narrative. It added urgency to that. So I like that. Now, it is yet another twist on the whole rear window thing. Is this like a whole... What is happening? Can we stop it? People, get blinds and curtains, please. Yes. Thank you. Now, the twist, again, <laughs> this is why it's smart. They go, well, everybody did this because of the pandemic. That's how they reached out to each other. So it continued. Now... Okay. We had Watcher at Sundance. Uh, I mean, what else did we have? The the woman in the window. With the Amy woman in the window. Across, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah, like speaking of that, Netflix is the woman in the house across the street from well, the girl in the window. Yes. <laughs> <With Kristen laughs> okay. So all of that's here. 
But this, I will say, while not fully successful, is probably one of the best of those twists so far. And it's not too long. So like you were saying, to put it on HBO Max, it's a Max original film, I think was smart. That's the right platform for it. If you watch it that way, you'll probably get enough out of it and go, okay, great, fine, no problem. Well, doesn't Zoe Kravitz just embody cool anyway? Yes. So mm -hmm. she's always interesting to watch. Let's also talk about something see, else. I didn't talk about her ticks. Now you just wait till you start watching. I'm sorry, what? Her ticks. Oh, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> yes, yes, her idiosyncrasies. How about that? Let's use <laughs> let, let's use that word instead because um, some people may have thought something else. Okay, let's move on to the uh, latest installment of an unexpected franchise. I mean, it is a in the graphic novel genre. Is it a gra is it a comic or graphic novel? I think it's a comic comic book. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, yeah. let me look. Yes, it is a comic book. They're calling it a comic book. Mm -hmm. um, this is The King's Man. Now, there have been two previous Kingsmen, um, is what they normally call it. And then I think the other one was, you know, you know Kingsman hyphen something or colon, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is the latest installment. I have to say that the first one was extremely peculiar. I mean, <laughs> I remember watching it. We saw, I saw, I don't know if we saw it went together. I'm not sure where I was mm -hmm. at the time, but I saw it in a theater as a sneak peek. And I thought, what in the world yeah. am I watching? Uh -huh. Why is Sam Jackson yeah. lisping? Why? I mean, what is happening? I still don't and know then, why. <laughs> Why are we just killing random people? Just, just all of these things. And you walk, and by the end of it, you walk up going, it's almost John Wicky in a sense that mm -hmm. you just go, that was all necessary. Like, but it, none of it was at the same time. So it's like the pre James Bond, right? But, yeah. but, but a lot more yeah. violent, you know, James Bond yeah, and like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, yeah. that kind of. Thing. That genre. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, this is the latest installment. This is the King's Man. So you can almost imagine what we're not King's Men. Right. So we're probably doing some backtracking to figure out how this all started. Mm -hmm. um, we've got cast members that aren't in the previous two in regards to the succession. So that does lead me to believe that this is a prequel, which you're going to confirm. Yes. Uh, now, here's the thing. You've got this by done by Matthew Vaughn. He directed it. He wrote it along with other people. Carl um, Gedutsik. I'm probably butchered name. And then people came with the story and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Ray Fiennes is in it. So there's no Colin, no. you know, Firth. Mm -hmm. So Ray Fiennes is in it. Okay. Uh You've got uh, Reese Evans is in it. If anyone who was in Love Actually will show up <laughs> in this genre. I'm not kidding. Like if, if they were in Love Actually, most likely they are going to be in this. Uh, Jimin, uh, Jimin, Jimma um, Adderton is in this as well. We've got Digimon Hansu who's showing up. Thank God for that. 
We also have Charles Dance. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know exactly who it is. Even if you're like, I don't know Charles Dance. Yes. You will know when you see him, especially yeah. if you watched a certain television show. Yeah. And you also have Daniel Bruhl, who's yes. kicking around in there. Yes. I'm glad yes. to see he's on the list, along with a lot of other Brits. Um, a monocled Daniel Bruhl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? He yeah. does have a monocle face, I'd say. Yes, yeah. He, it, it fits him well. So the thing about is this. The critics did not like it. Mm-hmm. But did they understand it? And that's the question, really, you know, because it's a very particular cup of tea. Yeah. Did you understand it? <laughs> yeah. You know, but what does that mean? Now, uh, we are, we start in 1902. Okay. And then they shuttle forward like 12 years. So that's the time. And if you shuttle forward 12 years from 1902, what's about to happen? You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. And if you know the musical ragtime, it ain't good. The Duke? What did you what say? Of... <laughs> you are full of just musical. <laughs> Someone should arrest that woman. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> Back to the King's Man. The Duke is in this movie, so I, I'm not just saying that. Yes, yes, Archduke Ferdinand, he is here. Now, before I get to all of that, Rafe plays Orlando. He's the Duke of Oxford, okay? And he has a wife, he has a young son. Something tragic happens. That's in 1902. 12 years later, the son is now grown up. And the son wants to fight. He just wants to fight. He's been cloistered. He's been, you know, he can't get out. His father won't allow it. Now, these are rich people, so they got all kinds of people working for them. Yes. And the two main ones are Polly and Shola. Polly played by Gemma, Shola played by Jaiman. Who are they more than just there to serve? Of course not. So you'll see what happens. Of there. course they are. Yeah, Excuse yes, me. of course yes, they are. Yes. That's right. Because when the Duke first references Polly, you're like, what's going on? Why is she looking at him like that? Hmm. And we saw what Shola could do from the beginning. Don't play with him in that blade. Okay, watch okay. out. Mm. But guns are now being <laughs> used, Shola. So somebody tells him, I mean, okay, great, all this knife fighting, but <laughs> yeah. Mm. Now, what happens is because of the world war that's impending, is there a way to either get certain nations to fight or to get them to stay out of the fight? And there are three royal cousins, all played by the same person. Oh, <laughs> okay. Jeez. Wow. Mm-hmm. All played by Tom Hollander. Now, if you oh. know. Yes. Yeah. You know Pride and Prejudice, Kira Knightley's yes. version. You know Joe Wright. You know Tom Hollander. We Watch that do. elbow when somebody turns around. Okay. Watch it, Tom. <laughs> okay. Now, then your little parsonage and your little fainting. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Catherine, you know. You get sense. out of here. <laughs> get out of here. So Tom plays all three cousins. 
King George of England, the German Kaiser Wilhelm, and the Tsar Nicholas. He plays all three. Now, they need to be compromised along with the American president to stay out of this war by the Ming villain who is always in shadow. Oh, boy. We don't know who he is, but he has assembled his own arsenal of people who are going to ensure that these people stay out of the war, stay out of the Mm. way. What's his motivation? And he has like a, a Scottish dialect or something. I don't know what that's about. Maybe they'll tell you. Now, we also have, like you said, we have Charles Dance coming in here <laughs> as Lord Kitchener. Now, he is the Secretary of State for War. And he has a very close relationship with the Duke. Now, the son, played by Harris Dickinson, Conrad, he, again, he's just itching to fight. He wants to do something. Eventually, this is going to have to happen. And Lord Kitchener has, you know, his right-hand man, the Captain Max, played by Matthew Good. So they all have to figure out a way to make sure there's peace in the world, even if that peace must come from war. And across the movie, you see exactly how all of this plays out. And just so I can say it, I mentioned that this main villain has a whole arsenal of people who are sent out to do certain things. And one main person, played by Reese, is Rasputin. (laughs) Okay. Yes, Rasputin. (laughs) He is the Tsar's personal physician. (laughs) I don't know why that's You've got if you know Reese, you know it's gonna be completely Reese in in the King's Mystery. It's just it's as ridiculous as you can imagine it. Oh, Maybe no. more ridiculous. It's more ridiculous. Actually, you cannot imagine some of the stuff that we see. Oh. So with all of that said, speaking of Rasputin, for me, I like to take villains seriously, no matter how ridiculous they may be. Mm-hmm. That's not the Kingsman thing. And that's really my problem with the whole series. Yeah. I just can't take it seriously at all. But what I would say is how you feel about Rasputin is likely going to match how you feel about the whole movie. Okay? When you see him, you'll know. Now, Reese ain't holding back. I mean, there's one interest he makes where he floats, and then, you know, Rafe has a whole lie about that. I see you've mastered the such and such. You know? (laughs) It's just ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Now, the fights remain the best part. um, But I thought there either needed to be more of them or less of the other stuff. I wanted more fighting, less, you know, nonsense. Now, the fights aren't exactly like the previous two Kingsmen. Not quite, because this is a period kind of piece thing. You still get it, but it's a little different. Also, there's this whole big reveal at the end. I knew about 30 minutes in what it was. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know exactly who that is. I know exactly what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. it, I can't even say it was anticlimactic. It was worse than anticlimactic. Oh, boy. Now, what I would say is look-wise, look-wise, not story-wise, it reminded me of Kenneth Branagh's Agatha Christie movies. That's what it reminded me of. I was thinking, when you were talking, I was just thinking that. Yeah, exactly. So that's what kept coming back to me. 
So what I would say is, uh, now that this is available both on Hulu and HBO Max, whoa, 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 whoa. If you want to see a period piece comic book movie, here you go. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, interesting enough, we'll just say. Mm. Let's let's shift our focus to television because you got a chance to see a sneak peek of a new TV show on Netflix. A why watch that sneak peek? And this is going to be coming out March 4th. You can take a look at it. Now, you know, with Netflix, they're not going to piecemeal it. You can go ahead and just go to town if you ever so want to. Um, But remember, this is Netflix. So, you know, it ain't going anywhere. Yeah. I am curious with this because I don't know much. Don't know much, but I know I love Tony. <laughs> um, this is uh, coming to us from you know, you know, Minky Sapiro is the director who directed all of the episodes, um, from my understanding, mm-hmm. as I can see it. Um, and then it was based on novel, so the cast. Like I said, I love Tony. Uh, Tony Collette, who has been doing a lot of Netflix stuff. If you, you know, you think about it, she's been doing a lot of Netflix stuff. Tony Collette is like to me a Daniel Day Lewis. The uh, you just kind of wake up and go, "Whoa, that's Tony Collette." You just, <laughs> it just happens to be her. And um, Amari Hendrick is in it. Uh, David Winham is in it. If you love those good old Lord of the Rings. He was the, oh, that first, I just wanted to be like, I just wanted to be like, no, shake yeah. him up a little bit. Yeah. Um, along with a lot of other people. I mean, a lot of people that you may or may not recognize, but those are the big, big, big three names that, you know, mm-hmm. we all will venture out to see. Now, anytime you say Tony Collette, I'm going to go, tell me more. <laughs> I'm not going to necessarily go, I'm going to watch it. But I've just, I, I know she's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Tell me more, tell me more. Okay, that's your last <laughs> musical <laughs> reference for <us> tonight. <laughs> now, we start with Andy. Andy is kind of like what we would call in the States, and this is supposedly set in the States, like in Georgia or something, but they filmed it in Australia. What we would call a 911 dispatcher. That's essentially what she's doing. We see her at work. Is she good at it? What's that like? Does she want to be there? And she's played by Bella Heathcote. Now, her mama is Laura, played by Tony. And from the beginning, it seems that Andy doesn't really respect her mother. Now we go, okay, is she some sort of deadbeat? Is like, what's the problem with Laura? But we see Laura at her own work. She's like helping veterans, you know, recover. Like, it's like, what is the problem with her? Now, they end up going out to a restaurant together. They see someone that they know And this person has a daughter who's the same age as Andy. 
in a different place in her life. Does this make Andy self-conscious? And how does Laura react? And in the midst of this, something very, very dangerous happens in this restaurant. To whom? Why? A disturbed man enters who exits. Now, keep in mind that Andy works for the cops. She's not a cop. How does she respond? And for Laura, when it comes to her daughter, are there any links she won't go to to protect her? And what does that look like? Now, when we see what happens, you go, okay, what is going on with Laura? What's really happening? Hmm. She does have this scar on her body. Where'd she get that from? Hmm. Now, after this, because of what happened in the restaurant, she starts to get attention from the press. And if you get attention from the press, that means that people might know who you are. This disturbs her. Why? And because of this, she wants Andy out of her house. Go. You know, it's time for you to grow up. Be your own person. Goodbye. Like immediately after this. Now, Andy's like, oh, my goodness, I need to be with here with you. You're not quite OK physically. Mm-hmm. What What is all of this about? Also, Laura's ex-husband, played by Omari, comes in to help out. OK. What's that like? Why is he the ex? Because he still seems to be concerned about Laura and Andy. I don't know. You Maybe you'll find out. And in the end, more danger is in the offing. So much so that Andy has got to get away from Mama. And by getting away, she's going to figure out who her mother actually is. Where does her mother come mm. from? Because we do see in this show her mother when she was younger. Who was she when she was younger? All this is connected to her trepidation about her personage, Hmm. her identity, being on the news. Hmm. Pieces of her. I oversold this show. Yeah, you did, because I'm like, <laughs> I smell a rat. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. I got into the second episode, I just couldn't anymore. I love Aww. Tony Collette. That's the only we reason do. to watch it. Yeah. We do. But early on, it just wasn't enough. Like, I'm like, okay, I can see where this is going. I don't want to see her younger. I don't care about her younger because it's not Tony Collette. Like, I want to know about Tony Collette. I don't care about Bella's character or anybody else. Don't care about her mission to figure out who her mother is. Could not care. Let me see Laura today as Tony. But that's not really what's going on here. Um, So, you know, I mean, look, if you want to check it out, you certainly can. It's kind of like if you were to... I can't believe I'm about to say this. If you were to take on Netflix, Sweet Magnolias, and turn it into a thriller, (laughs) then there you go. Pieces of her. Uh, Okay. But I'm sure everybody in Pieces of Her is completely offended, but oh well. Oh, my gosh. I just can't (laughs) even imagine. Let's just not. I'm not even going to talk. Let's move on. Let's go to the last of the sneaking 
that you've been doing yes. a new movie. We're going to movie again. Mm. And this again is on Netflix. So yeah. this is called Against the Ice, which comes out March 2nd. And a very familiar, I mean, they, they reunited some folks. I'm just reunited saying. Reunited and it feels so good. This comes to us from director Peter Flint. I love that name, and Flint. It's a great name. But it's it's written by someone. I'm like, okay, um, Nikolai Coaster Waldo mm-hmm. wrote it along with Joe Derrick. It's based on a novel, and he's starring in it. Now, if you know who Nikolai is, then you will kind of go, okay, where are we going with this? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, these first of all, let's just. Can we just get out of the way? I think sometimes when you have a strong, strong um, uh, TV series mm. that where people get so entrenched in the world, you forget that there are they're hiring some well-known, talented, great actors, and a lot of times it's hard to let go mm. when you know the series has moved on. So I do want to say that. You know, just these are very talented people. Yeah, let and, it go. You know, let it go. Okay, that is absolutely your last musical reference. I bar you and shun you. The ref has spoken. <clears throat> um. So anyway, you that's familiar. Joel Cole um is in it. Charles Dance is showing up again. I was and waiting. like I said, they're reunited. Mm-hmm. Um, in that whole thing, and then a, a ton of other folks that you, if you're into, you know, UK um, slash European uh, cinema, yes, and television, you're definitely going to know some of these people because I'm I'm scrolling through, and I rec- I I may not know them by name, but I definitely recognize some of these folks that I've spent time with when I watch something across the pond and across the way. So you have all of that. Now, here's the thing. This is on Netflix. And again, against the ice, you've got, you know, this poster of, you know, people climbing things. And you're assuming, is this Mount Everest? Like, what is this? Um, Do we want to see, you know, I always have to say this. I have to say this. Mm -hmm. Whenever you have a movie or a TV show in the elements Mm. about the elements. Yeah. You really have to be very, very careful because we don't want to forget that that is a character. Mm -hmm. And if the drama is between people and not what's going on, I lose my interest. Hmm. If we're in the elements, mm-hmm. let there the other the antagonist is probably the elements. Mm. So don't forget about that. I don't care about the, the the people stuff as much as I do survival. And then there are people with the opposite viewpoint, right? Right. There are people who just look, you know, yeah. get on. I don't want to see people doing things. I want to see what's going on with human relationships. So what kind of movie is this? We already know there's some challenges physically that are going to happen. Which always brings out the internal challenges. Does it all pay off? Again, this is written by someone who we don't know him primarily as a screenwriter. So just curious how this pans out. 
interesting thoughts and you know it, it's kind of like do you want like the Liam Neeson in the ice kind of experience where <laughs> it is not about relationships it's about yeah. the elements of kicking some butt mm-hmm. yeah or do you want or oh, struggling together you know hold me in the in the cold and you know, will we survive this? And oh, let me flash back to, you know, yes, my former ex- life. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was Joan of Arc in a former life. Now, oh my gosh. That was out of musical reference. <laughs> you're right, you're right. <laughs> See, yeah, right. I slipped that one in. You now. did, you did. <laughs> I would write my old songs, produce my old songs. Now, <laughs> let me just say to the ref that Joe Cole, um, excuse me, he is from one of my favorite shows right now, Peaky Blinders. Is he still in it? Well, I won't. I say. didn't realize that was one of your favorite shows. Now, yes. After I went back after season one, I made my way through. I'm looking forward to the next. And oh, you kind of had some a little yes. couple jabs with Peaky. Okay. Yes, it is not consistent, but I enjoy it. Okay. We also have you said Charles Dance. Now, of course, Game of Thrones, but don't you remember? Sardom Numspa. <laughs> I, 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 I want the knife. Please. Come on, y'all. Golden Child. That's the first time I saw Charles dance. Sorry, I just never rem- forget. I did not connect that, and it all is coming back. Just-, just please, if you haven't seen The Golden Child, <laughs> not, it's not even a great movie. It's not even one of the best Eddie Murphy movies, but Eddie Murphy and Charles Dance together. It is Charles Dance just deadpan the whole movie. (laughs) Against Eddie Murphy. And he is the emissary of the devil. And Eddie Murphy is just calling him the wrong name the whole time. It's hilarious. So that's what I always think of Charles Dance that way. I never thought of Charles Dance. (laughs) Oh my. And then there's Hater Reed. Who's in pole dark? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, we have Captain Mickelson, played by Nicolaj. And we have Ivor Iverson, played by Joe Cole. And it we're back in the early 1900s. It's 1909. And they have an expedition from Denmark. Because what they need to do is go to Greenland. Here we are again. And what they need to do is find this missing map because the Americans are trying to take credit for some land, some area up there that they need to disprove. Now, at the opening of the movie, the captain comes back with like his lieutenant. The lieutenant is in a bad state. They got to do an amputation. (laughs) Not funny. No, well, no. Now, after that, they still haven't gotten what they've come for. Now, people have gone already and died. They have not been rescued. Oh, my goodness. This is the second expedition that Denmark has sent. But the lieutenant can't go back with the captain to this cairn. And what I thought was so hilarious in the movie is they explain what a cairn is to a character to explain to us. I thought that was funny. They're like, you know, it's some <laughs> rocks that you see from far away. I'm like, y'all hilarious. Now, who is going to volunteer to go with the captain? He leaves it up to his men. Well, of course, it's Ivor Ivers. Who was not supposed to be a part of this expedition? He don't know nothing about no, you know, sleds and dogs and everything else. They picked him up as a mechanic. 
on their way. Okay. But he's the only one who volunteers. Now, they go, but if they're going to make it back, will they make it back in time? Because the boat has got to leave when the summer comes and it thaws a bit. Or they'll be stranded. They won't have any provisions. (laughs) I love that word, provisions. So do I. (laughs) So the captain and Ivor go out with the dogs and sled, and you know what happens. Yep. We got the elements. We got all kinds of problems. Do they make it back? Is the ship there when they get back? What about back in Denmark? Because that's where Charles Dance's character comes in. He's a certain kind of politician. What's his (laughs) idea of these expeditions? And there is also Hayda's character. How does she play a role? Now, if you're out hundreds upon hundreds of days, I mean, this spans years. What starts to happen when you're out in the ice and the winter like that for that long? What happens to your mental state? What about the captain and Ivor? They don't know each other. What's their relationship going to be across years? Hmm. Now, this is based on a true story. Okay. And some of the shots are nice. Like, of course, you know, you get what you would expect, that expansive kind of icy, you know, snowy, like they give you what you would expect in that way. I thought the acting was believable. And that was important because it rescued some of the lackluster moments from being just flat out boring. We were getting there. But I was like, but you, you know, y'all actors, y'all, y'all got it. You, you're in the skin of these characters, whether the script was in the skin of the characters or not. So what I would say is this would be a decent way to pass the time if you like this genre. But I wanted it to have a fire in its belly. The stinks. Well, maybe not a fire in this case. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) There is a fire. I will tell you where it comes up. And I also wanted reference to focus on the essentials. Like only a few of the moments drove the narrative and the tension, but they didn't last long enough until the end. When we get toward the end before the epilogue, That's when I started going, okay, this is your movie. If the whole movie were on that level, then it would be pretty good instead of just okay. So, I mean, we've seen this numerous times from the Call of the Wild to AMC's The Terror. Mm -hmm. It's not quite as thrilling as the Call of the Wild. It ain't horror like The Terror. Somewhere in between, and it certainly ain't Liam Neeson. Mm. Well, there you have it. That's all the sneaking and peeking we've been doing. And if you uh, want to dive into more of our sneaking and peeking, you're going to have to stay tuned right here. Again, all, all of these things are available readily very, very soon to you, if not already. And uh, we'll see what else the critic is doing as he's sneaking around, slinking. Oh, all that S. <laughs> Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.